This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Parsha's Truma Tavshin Pei Beis. This week's Parsha, the source of learning about the Mishkan, the Mishkan itself, and the Kingdom of the Mishkan. In Perich Avav, Ches, the Torah tells us how to build a Mishkan, and it talks about taking planks, beams, crushing, and putting them around. How do you keep these crushing? How do they stand? So there would be two little legs sort of sticking out of the bottom of each plank, and it would go into a socket. Sometimes I wish it would make a, a Lego set with exact dimensions of the Mishkan. Not a model, but a Lego set, so you can take it apart and put it together all the time. Yeah, like a Lego set. But after they put it into those sockets, how did it stay? There were so many of them, why wouldn't it fall? Why would they fall down? So the Pesach tells us how they would stay. Later on in Pesach, the Torah says as follows, You should make bars out of shittim wood. Chamisha, you should make five of them. And they should go into one side. In other words, every side has five. Going northeast will have five. South, and each side going around will have five beams. Now if you look at it, you look at the pictures of the Mishkan, what the Torah tells us, how were these beams themselves supported? How was this Bereach supported? There were rings on it. So you would have rings on top of each plank, rings on the bottom of each plank, and the ateshitim, the pole, the beam would go through them. But that's the case, there's only two. Yet the Mishnah says there's five. So the Mishnah, the, the Pasuk says there's five. The answer is, the Pasuk tells us, is that the middle beam was different. The middle beam would not go on rings, they would bore a hole through the beam, through the planks, and that would go, the, the stick would go in. And therefore, you didn't even see that one. So if you looked at the wall of the Mishkan, on the outside wall, you would see a beam on top going through, hanging on rings. You see a beam on the bottom going through, hanging on the rings. The middle one you wouldn't see, the middle one would go inside through the planks. But yet that's only three. And the Pasuk says there were five. So the Pasuk adds something else when it tells us about these five. And the Pasuk tells us that the middle one goes mikatsal katsal, it goes straight through. What does it mean the middle one goes straight through? The top and bottom don't go straight through. No, the top and bottom one are different. Not only are they on the outside being held by rings, but the top one had two of them together. In other words, the whole length, for example, of the south to north sides, those two sides, they were twenty of those twenty of those planks. Each plank was an arm and a half wide, which makes it 30 amos. So the top one would have one beam going inside one way, 15 amos long, and then the other way, a beam going 15 amos long. The same with the bottom. The middle one, however, had one long beam of 30 amos long, and that was the one that would go inside the planks. The same thing with the two sides. They were 12 amos long, and therefore they would have the one on top going in 6 amos and 6 amos, and then the bottom, six amos and six amos, the middle one would be 12 amos. turns out that there's some differences between the top beams and bottom one and the middle one. The top and bottom one were made of two separate pieces, while the middle one was made out of one. The top and bottom one were on the outside being held by rings. The middle one would be bored through into the wood. What's the reason for this? Besides, how do they get such a long piece of wood? Maybe that's the reason. It's hard enough to find something that's 15 amos long. 
But to find a 30 almost long, I mean, if you use a large shear, that's 60, 60 feet long. 60 feet long. Where did they find something 60 feet long? They needed two of them. Plus the other ones that have to be for the sides. There's an amazing targum, Lemiyuchus Yenison Benazil over here. And he explains in detail where this wood came from. And amazingly, he writes that this wood came from the Eshel of Avramavinu. The tree, the Eshel of Avramavinu, that Avramavinu used to do chesed. When Avramavinu left, when he wasn't using it anymore, the Malachim came, they chopped down the tree, and they threw it into the ocean. And it floated around in the ocean until Yuklaisel came to the wilderness, and they needed it, they found that tree, and that's the tree they used to make these brachim, to make these poles going around the Mishkan. And we've seen an amazing thing, what we're learning here from the Targum Meyuchus Lariyagas and Benazil. And that is as follows. We know that Targum tells us, Oilam Chesed Yibana. The world was created with Chesed. The foundation of the world, Oilam Chesed Yibana. It's built on Chesed. And the Mishkan, the Mishkan is therefore also built on Chesed. What does that mean? It means all of Christ will participate in the building of the Mishkan. But to keep the Mishkan together, to keep it from falling down, to keep it standing, that we had from Avram, Avino, and Sarimenu. And we took their tree, their object that they used to facilitate Chesed, and we put that into the foundation of our Mishkan. But it's more than that. It has to be one piece that has to be unbroken. We have to be constantly focused on doing Chesed. And it goes deeper than that. And that is that that beam has to be inside the panel. Not like the top one or the bottom one, which are there on rings and we can see it. It's important to see the chesed that we do. But even more important is that that chesed should be inside of us. It should be part of us. The way we behave, the way we act, the way we comport ourselves should be with chesed. And that is a lesson we're learning from the Mishkan. That the Mishkan, even though all of Christ will participate in the building of it, but what kept it together was the tree, was the Eshel of Avram Avinu and Sarimenu, which was used for Chesed, because I know Chesed Yibana, and Chesed has to be part of us. A few years ago, there was a fellow shopping in a toy store, it was a few days before Hanukkah, and like a lot of people, they're buying toys, and as he's walking, he happened to be in the aisle in front of him, there was a father and his daughter, she seemed to be around 10, 11 years old, and they were shopping, they had a few toys in their cart, and the young girl picked up an expensive doll. He says, Daddy, can I buy this? And he looks and says, sure. And she puts it in the cart. Then she's looking at the doll a little longer. She says, can I have another one? Is that too expensive? And the father thinks for a moment, he's not. You can have that also. And she excitedly puts that expensive doll in her carriage. And they continue to look at other toys. And this fellow all of a sudden hears, as everyone heard in the store, someone from the next aisle. He says, please, Dad, can I have this one? Please, Daddy, can I have this one? And it's quiet. And the father says, no, I think it's too expensive. And the kid says, please, it's such an unbelievable remote control car. Can I please have this? And as this father and daughter turn the corner, and this fellow who's also walking there turn the corner, they see this father and this young boy, also seen about 10, 11, 12 years old. And this kid's holding this remote control car. He says, please, Daddy, come on. It made me so happy for Hanukkah. And the father says, you know what? Why don't we go to the next aisle? There's some beautiful stickers. You can get some stickers. And the kid had no choice, dejectedly and sad, he puts the toy down and they moved on. Whereupon this fellow sees a young girl, she put her doll down, her second doll, she put back, 
and she picks up the remote control car. Says, "Wow, well, Daddy, look at this one. Could I have this instead of the doll?" And the father says, "Well, if that's what you want, sure." And she puts down the carriage and the cart. They go to checkout. Sure enough, by the time this fellow who's watching all this gets to the checkout, this girl and father are in front of him, and they're unloading all the gifts, and then the father pays for it, and they're packing this stuff up. And when it came to the remote control car, he sees the girl take it and speak to the cashier. That cashier gives a little smile, and he puts it under the register. And they move on. <clears throat> They're getting ready to walk out. This fellow pays. He's moving on with his stuff. And it turns out that that boy and his father are behind him. And they come there, and as they're, they're checking out their things, he rings them up, and all of a sudden, the cashier says, Congratulations! You're the 1,000th shopper this week. You're shopper number 1,000 this week. And you get a prize. And he pulls out from under the cash register a remote control car. He goes, this is for you. The kid looks. He starts jumping up and down. He says, look, Daddy, look what I got. I got I got your remote control car. You have the same car. So excited. And everybody walks out of the store. Now, it so happens to be that this fellow was parked next to where the father and daughter were parked. And as he's walking to his car, and they're walking to his car, he hears the father turn to the daughter and says, you know, that was a beautiful thing that you did. And the daughter smiles and says, oh, thank you. And the father says, I don't know what was the right thing to do about it. And the daughter looks and says, why not? You said it was such a wonderful thing. How could it not be the right thing? So the father says, well, we were shopping out for toys that Bobby and Zaidi gave us money for. In fact, Bobby and Zaidi gave you money to, to buy a Hanukkah gift. And you didn't buy a gift for yourself. You gave it to someone else. So the little girl looks at her father and says, I thought Bobby told me to use the money to buy something that will make me very happy. And seeing the smile on that boy's face, nothing can make me happier. Now the father was so excited, he went over and gave his daughter a hug to realize what a special daughter he had. Because that's what chesed is. Chesed is something you don't have to show everybody. Chesed has to be something like that pole from Avram Avino from Sarimedo that has to be inside of us. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.